0: There's an expensive-looking equipment case, sitting on the desk in Studio Five tonight. And sitting over it is Sandy Crevice, in a jacket that says P.D.T.O. on the back of it.
1: Look, I'm sorry. All I said was shh, you know, quiet. Oh, but I only meant—I mean, hush, hush. The more you interrupt, the
0: longer this will take. Am I right? Good. As Silence returns to the studio, the designated PDTO carefully opens the equipment case to reveal a lushly padded interior with two smaller compartments. Out of the first, he takes a very shiny decibel meter, which he puts gently down on the desk. He winces at the soft click it makes as the needle on it jumps far to the right. Once it settles back to the zero mark, he turns to the second compartment and extracts another, much smaller equipment case. Opening this one reveals a velvet-lined interior, and resting within it is a single steel pin. Pulling on a pair of cotton gloves, he carefully lifts the pin into the air, holding it out at shoulder height, then holding his breath the deft flick of his wrist, he propels it towards the studio floor. He nods in satisfaction as the needle on the decibel meter jumps as it hits, and bends down to pick it up. As he packs everything away again, he turns to the apology officer and says,
2: Technical services take these things very seriously. If you're going to make the claim, we need to validate it. It's station
1: policy. It's it's no time for the intro now. Well, you'll just have to shorten this. Maybe talk a bit faster. It's so quiet in the orbital tonight. You can either pin drop. Our mics alive.
0: Good evening, and welcome to Hutton Orbital Live. And do we have a meaty one for you this week? I'm Amelia Hawke, and I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into this week's headlines. Ooh, Ooh, or
1: fried? I'm the Apology Officer.
0: Well, some of us prefer ours
3: well-seasoned.
1: If I'd said that about you, I'd have been panned. And as tonight's tech,
2: the only way for this show is well done. And on that note, it's time for the headlines. Interdictions strike unlucky truckers.
1: LCU no longer gone. As Farquhar say, please take him back.
0: Too hot, too messy. Update. Archaeologists uncover pristine latrine. Scientists unveil latest. No byway Sherlock theory. HANKY
3: IN SHOCK AFTER DUCK ATTACK
2: And all the latest BGS news around Hutton Space (music) Hutton, not just a place, a state of mind If you're a trucker, you subscribe to some of the best principles in the galaxy. You're silly, you do the difficult stuff because it's there, you agree to the number one rule, be excellent to each other, and, of course, you're all about the letter W. You don't like the letter V. What we mean is the little w, the one in the middle of the initialism, PWP. That's pilot with pilot. The V of versus is banned. Except by mutual consent, of course, in the name of fun. But the W, now THAT is an important letter. No more important is the little W than when the and Truckers get together. Not chatting via the magic of interstellar comms, or in a wing attacking a planet-side settlement with flossy-fired, fiery munitions going off behind your head, and Rampage running around with a taser shouting, SLEEPY TIME, at the scavengers before giving them a little nap, but in PERSON. As is traditional at this time of year, down on old earth, a group of Hutton truckers gather at their favourite restaurant in the North, but not as North as North Britain North, for a meeting with Alvin. This isn't a very serious meeting. It's Alvin's chance to catch up with a few truckers, catch a few belly rubs, meet his adoring public, who can't help themselves and often forget the etiquette of going straight in for the belly rub without making the correct overtures to his aide's Noz first, and of course indulge in a Hutton meat-meet. With the Federation having shut down Hutton's previous favourite North, but not as North as North Britain North, meeting Meat meet just over a year ago, commanders Vantian, Snoz, NEMB and her very metal chaperone Ed Hunter Rampage, Litherbreaker, Dead Meat GF and the Infinite Dreamer made their way to the Backup location, a secret restaurant where, rumour has it, they serve only the finest Witch Hall Kobe beef. Eager and salivating, the seam sets off for their rendezvous with Dog, only to find the first plaintive message to come across. Commander Deadmeat hadn't hadn't taken into account his rather large notoriety with the Federation, and, on undocking from his point of origin and attempting to perform a three-point turn, realised that someone had stuffed a potato up his starboard thruster. And, as we all know, a potato up the thruster is a surefire way to spoil your day. His ship coughed once, there was a faint smell of chips, and it ploughed into a wall. Not gonna make it, guys. Federal saboteurs! Q calling the top-secret restaurant to let them know to switch from giant pampered bovine to merely large pampered bovine. Then Commander Infinite Dreamer came on over the comms. I've got a bit of a problem. It turns out the epic trucker that had accidentally been shipping meds in to help uh, alleviate an outbreak and accidentally exposed himself. This led to an inquiry, and tests, and probing, and they determined that he was most definitely, probably, maybe, carrying a plague. Not the plague, but a plague, of unspecified virulence. However, they were probably sure that it was contagious, and were almost certainly unsure that it affected Spaniels. But it might. Dr. Don, not Antonacci, and that's a suspicious name declared that he'd have to quarantine himself and was not allowed near spaniels of any variety for at least a week, even momus bog spaniels. Despite suspecting that the troublemaker was a Camori maf- mafia and not a real doctor, and his stethoscope looked like it was from a kid's playset, better safe than sorry. So the Infinite Dreamer locked himself in his room, as one does not expose Alvin to danger without a very good reason. Suffice to say, the remainder of the North, but not as North as North Britain North Meat, Meat didn't have the heart to tell the restaurant that they were another trucker short, so girded their loins and left the menu at one large bovine. Which, to the credit of the restaurant, was delicious.
1: He's back! And, as it turns out, LCU is none the worse for wear after his kidnapping during the Pilots' Federation broadcast. He was found by canon scientists floating in deep space somewhere in the path of one of the Stargoys with an rope-pinted space Please take him back, we don't want him. We made a mistake, we're sorry, never send him back. After defrosting LCU and giving him what few of his marbles could be found in his luggage backed him, medical teams decided that he was none the worse for wear for his ordeal, but he really couldn't remember what had happened over the, over the previous week. He's was suffering from a lack of vitamin D, but that's normal for a no-fool-like one as outdoors is a place that few kind of scientists ever see, eschewing field trips for the, for the most part for the comfort of their labs. His DNA appeared to at some point have been unravelled, put through a spin dryer and then stuck back together again, and at least two of his teeth had been replaced with near-perfect replicas, but as far as they could tell, he was still LCU and still vaguely human and incorrigible as ever. The final proof that he was actually him was when they asked how he had escaped. That bit he did remember. By singing. At which point he gave them an example and the entire medical team had to be admitted to the wing where they've got to the put good drugs, padded walls and soft lighting. Only one man in the universe can butcher Oops I Did It Again quite like an LCU and only one man could do it in a little pink number with fluffy edges while smiling coquettishly like the man himself.
0: Too Hot Too Messy has now been going for 14 whole weeks. That's almost two whole Prime Ministers! If anyone out there listening still doesn't know what Too Hot Too Messy is, then stay tuned and prepare to be amazed as it's the Hutton-led initiative to deliver Hutton mugs and Centauri Megajin to every single station in the galaxy. This week, Commanders smashed through the 34,000 deliveries barrier, with over 1,300 deliveries of both mugs and gin in week 13. Now that's good, but still down on the almost 2,000 we've been seeing in the previous few weeks. So please, keep trucking and keep the momentum going. Remember, every mug counts, and there's even a real mug on offer that might just be yours if you take par. Two more commanders join the effort this week, taking the total to 224 pilots spread across 74 squadrons. And of course, more are always welcome. Naturally, Hutton is blazing away at the head of the squadron leaderboard and have a collective tally of over 14,500 deliveries. The Winged Hussars are in second and have passed the 2,000 mark with over 1,900 muggings. And the Paladins are still solidly in third with 1,371. That shirker who's not even here to defend himself is still out in front with 3,000 mugs and gin mark fading away in his rearview mirror. Some say that he likes to pretend he's the Stig. Chasing him down in the leaderboard, we have a change in second place with Waller eighty one moving past Nemb with two thousand two hundred and seventy eight to Nemb's two thousand two hundred and fifty now in third. Commander Mouse eight two eight seven is still in fourth, but Infinite Dreamer is now only one hundred and forty behind in fifth. Five commanders have delivered more than a thousand mugs and. Well, how do we know all this, I hear you ask? Well, because it's tracked by the marvel that is the Hutton Helper and updated live on Too Hot Too Messy event page at hot.forthemug.com forward slash hot underscore mess underscore two. At this rate, we'll have delivered a canister of Hutton Mugs and Centauri magazine to every station in the galaxy by... Well before the major future event definitely, but we aren't going to speculate on a precise end date as we're still finding more and more stations, the list is now closing in on 203,000. Well, of course, all of you would happily do this just for the glory, we don't feel that's enough. So we're also offering the additional incentive of a chance to win a real-world gravity-assisted mods preventing hut and mug that you can fill with tea, gin, or or anything else that fits you as happily. Take hut and mugs to where no hut and mug has gone before. Any commander that delivers ten mugs and gin in a week will be entered into that week's draw to win a real hut and mug. Well, unless you already have one, of course, in which case you'll have already been immunized against mods, and it, and it doesn't need a booster. 13 commanders have accomplished this so far, and you can see a little golden mug next to their names in the top commander's table. So keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bits uh, a little later in the show. Well, how do I join in the fun, I hear you ask? Well, first you need to sign up for the Hunt Helper by following the, ins- following the instructions at hot.forthemug.com forward slash download. And then your mug and gin deliveries will be lovingly tabulated for you by Antarius Fusion's marvellous mathematical hamsters.
3: Archaeologists at Hutton Hospital made a stunning discovery this week hidden almost in plain sight. With Cubicle 3, and now cordoned off Cubicles 1 and 2, having gone down in Hutton and Galactic Legend as the most terrible place in the galaxy, but one people go to as quite simply there's nowhere else, where, when they've just flown an hour and 22 minutes-ish, in a straight line with nothing but Bombay bad-boy space noodles, and a century-old tin of prunes, and you're busting. They discovered that Hutton actually has four facilities and one of them appears to have been sealed and undisturbed for an awfully long time. Yes, Cubicle 4 exists. It has marble floors, wooden walls, shiny brass fittings, it has art deco mirrors, and even a comfy sofa for those waiting their turn. There's a clean floral ammonia Aroma, The plumbing works and indeed is a work of art in its own right, and apparently the acoustics are perfect for budding barbershop quartets. Oh, and there's a barber station. In fact, it is far removed from cubicle 3 in terms of quality and style that station authorities immediately declared it unfit for truckers, for fear that they'd spoil it. They declared it a faction treasure, and declared it off-limits for actually doing a business in the hopes that they can drum up a little of the other business, the tourist kind. Cubicle 4. The place you go where you can't actually go. The washroom that never needs clearing and the only place in the station where floor mopping guy is never actually needed. The only special dispensation is for the station's official barbershop quartet. They're allowed to stand in the middle and blast out a 34th century version of I've been everywhere. Except, of course, cubicle four.
0: In this week's (laughs) totally unsurprising edition of Scientists Tell Us the Most Obvious Things, Galnet is full of articles stating that scientists have finally unscrambled the Thargoid Roar. You know, the one that happened after the big boo-boo in HIP the other month. So, let's rewind a second. Humanity designed a weapon that was to take out all the Thargoids. Uh, Or at least quite, quite a lot. You know, in quite a large area around Ground Zero. Anyway, we set it off. It was a huge roar. Then the bio-waste hit the fan. Now, without the need for science, let's analyze the potential options. Imagine for a second you found a bear. Could be a space bear or a polar bear or a drop bear, but a bear. Let's say you've walked into its winter cave whilst it was hibernating and you've kicked it in a diddly doo or at least where you think the space bear's diddly doo are. Shortly after that there would be a noise, maybe two, but the big noise is the one we're concentrating on. If you were presented with the options of the translation being A, oh hello there, nice to meet you, we've not met, I'm a bear, B, this porridge is too salty, or C, come here you son of a bitch, I'm going to rip your head off. Which one do you think would be the most likely? Or um, seeing a beehive, you hit it with a big stick, is the the aftermath likely going to be A. A couple of bees stick their heads out of the hive and uh, wave politely Or B. An angry buzzing noise followed by lots of ouch and probably a lot of lotion Oh, and screaming. So, when scientists claim to have translated the Thargoid roar, they've managed to summarize three things after spotting giant swirly things coming in this direction. Number one, the roar is angry. Number two, is has done the galactic equivalent of called a few mates in to give us a proper shooing. And number three, the mates have replied to say, bring it on. Now if anyone wasn't already clear about this, I mean, The Thorgoods did smash all of our stuff, and there are eight pieces of swirly doom heading our way. We yanked the bear's bristly beard whilst it was sleeping in its den. You do the arithmetic. Trust us, you don't need a PhD in xenolinguistics.
3: Loyalty. The galaxy is full of it, kings and lords and barons and earls flying through imperial space. It appears that just about everyone has a title, whether inherited or earned, or in a very few cases appointed sometimes by themselves you're simply not allowed to be imperial unless you've got a title some land some gold braid a lot of skeletons in your closet and of course understanding that real orgies involve cheese. King Hankey of Colonia first of his name and many times cloned seems to have come a bit of a cropper this week after a bit of an error one of his assistant clones sent him a message that there was a Duke hunting for him. Hanky, always eager to be recognised by fellow title holders, promptly rolled out the red carpet, got out the best china and crystal and even ironed his shirt. Whilst waiting in the arbiter over at Fort Mug, OK, it only has one tree and a small chivalry, but only on one level. He was Rather startled when the security team ran past him, screaming, alarms went off, there was much consternation. It turns out that the clone that warned him that has one small failing, spelling. What he meant to say was that one of the feral, feral inbred hutton ducks was on the loose. Fearsome creatures with terrible tempers. And yes, it had his scent and was on the hunt for hanky flesh. Needless to say, after swift application of a terrified scream and clobbering, it was one of the station chairs, he has asked the chef to serve him Ducal a
2: In the BGS this week, we have a whole basket of states. We have two wars going on. Two! The first is in Stein 2051, where there are, we are currently 2-1 up, and the second is in... You guessed it, Avic. But, but it's not serious! This time it's the EDF! I'm sure there's an electricity joke in there somewhere. That one's currently at 1-all. So Stein has on-foot and space combat zones, but Avic only has space. In other goings-on, there's an outbreak in LHS-340, but it's not too much of a concern. There are also pending outbreaks in Epsilon Indy and Narnia. Haghole is pending expansion. Again, I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere, but we'll let the listeners work that one out for themselves. So, at the end of the week, there should be many more mugs and gin for sale, with a little luck. So, to sum it up, please fight for Hutton in Stein and Avic, or, if you prefer trucking, send meds to LHS 340.
0: was like seamless really, really good.
1: that was seamless, seamless.
0: <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i'm, I'm going to start the ball rolling by saying chicks isn't here so i guess none of us will ever know if there was a live stream or not
1: i'm assuming not
2: no <laughs> there wasn't yes we, we we do have some breaking news though that's come in over the uh, the teletype that, yeah uh, general knock has just mm-hmm. become a grandfather for the sixth oh, wow. time Oh,
1: well, okay. Six times!
0: Congratulations, Noktees!
1: congratulations!
0: Woo! Well, well, congratulations. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so normally, what we do when we don't have uh, we don't have a live suit to discuss is we have a wee talk about space banter, space things that happening. Yeah, space banter, things that are happening mm. out, in, out in real space.
0: I see. I'm kind of out of the loop, so you're going to have to fill me in on what's going on in the Galaxy
1: okay. currently. Um, well, going for it like, enough. um remember the Sunday Sport used to do headlines like, you know, double-decker bus found in the moon and things like this?
0: Um, I, way- I can thankfully say I've never read the Sunday Sport. Oh, oh you, you don't need
2: it. to read it, though. Yeah, you don't You need just need to look at the headlines and pictures. laugh. Yeah,
1: it's just, it's just <laughs> Yeah, but you always wanted to see what the front headline was. So we got one like that. It's said dead star eats its own planets i was going to say babies but you know what i mean um <laughs> <laughs> so they found apparently uh, if somebody could post the links and that would be ideal you know and people can look at it and go oh i can't
0: <laughs> post links in chat
1: i can't post links in chat i'm not special enough no um, i'm not
0: special at all well, apparently, it.
1: it's uh, a white dwarf apparently 91 light years from earth now i tried looking for it by the name oh, It's got a white dwarf allocation name. Let's see what it was called again.
0: 91 light years. That's not very far at all. It's not that far. I
1: somehow think it should be out there. So it's WD and then space and it's Jai 2147-4035. And apparently it's in one of the constellations. Let's see which constellation it is. It's like Grus or something like that. I don't think it's Gru. I don't think it's like... um,
2: Is it surrounded by little minions?
1: It, uh, yeah, it is. It's surrounded by bits of dead planet that it ate. Um, so it looks like it's expanded, ate its babies, and then kind of shrunk back down again. There's lots of kind of planetary debris and things scattering about it, you know. That,
0: that's like so close, it's almost on our lawn.
1: Almost, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's like one or two jumps in a, an, an exploration and a go So it's not far at all.
4: Wow. Um,
1: and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's got debris in it from where it chewed up its its own planets. Uh, so it looks like a rocky ice world place. So you're probably not going to get a lot of money for it. But, you know, it's worth somebody going to have a look if you quite fa- if you fancy that. Um, there's there's another one somewhere as well. But this one is particularly blue because it's got um, nitrogen, I think, in its atmosphere. So that makes it go a bit bluish.
2: Not just a bit cold there, then.
1: No, it's well. It's cold. It's only at like four thousand Kelvin. So, you know, only, only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still wouldn't touch it.
2: Yeah, this this Kevin guy gets you about. You don't want obviously. to
1: like it. Yeah, it's not one to like. Oh um, no, if it's that
2: cold, your tongue might stick.
1: Yeah, or burn off. But you know, but
0: it's going to taste of blue. It's going
1: to taste like blue. Yeah, mm, tasty. That's like um, blue tastes like what raspberry. I thought
2: oh, it tasted or that
1: blueberry. But it, it just blue.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it tastes, it tastes of blue. It tastes tasted blue. Blue blue's a nice yeah. colour.
1: Blue's a nice colour. Probably a nice taste as well, but there you go. Mm. Um and another one, there's um planets are forcing the stars to exercise and look younger. Oh. Yeah. Can you
0: elaborate?
1: Uh just a little bit. Don't I don't I not in a way that I would like you to go into deep in depth questions, you know, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> It. Apparently some of the ones with You know the kind of hot Jupiter's they talk about Oh yeah it's, yeah. it's almost a star but not quite a star Apparently as the star pulls on it For gravity These things are big enough to pull back So they kind of stretch it And the star crackles and gives off x-rays and things like that oh, that's Which you would cool. normally only do when it was younger So anybody looking at it Would go oh that's quite a young star Look at all the x-rays it's given off And then it's like actually no It's just getting pulled by one of its planets So yeah Botox for stars is that because nice. the planets,
2: like when you've got kids, always get into little scrapes and bumps and accidents and need to have the x-rays to check they haven't got any, you know, broken tectonic that's, plates that's or whatever?
1: Part of it. The actual article does mention it being like uh, planets being like parents and kids. Uh, and because, you know, the kids are, are pulling and and want to do things, so it keeps the, keeps the parent older, uh, younger. So there you go. I don't think it works on that with kids. So I don't have kids, so...
0: I'm not, I'm not sure that's an accurate analogy.
1: <laughs> no, I've seen people with kids and they don't look younger. No, they look t- <laughs> and then tired, they look yeah, but that's older. a different thing. Yeah, tired is what they look. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's that one. And then, guess what SETI are doing?
0: Oh, searching for extraterrestrial life? Uh, we've got but, quite a nice SETI upstairs, but yeah, okay,
1: the dogs are asleep on it. Yeah, not, not a SETI... 18, search for <laughs> extraterrestrial intelligence. Nailed it! Yay! And they are looking to rewrite their first contact protocols.
0: Okay. Um, well, how are they going to rewrite the ones that they put on Voyager?
1: Or oh, they won't be rewriting them, but
2: with a currently, with a really long stick to scrape yeah. into the yeah, gold. They,
0: yeah, they're going to I put
1: a marker it. on A marker on a selfie stick, and
2: they'll
1: do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um Oh, apparently, apparently. Their current protocols say, yeah, if you pick up anything like this, go and, talk, go and consult with the UN, and then you go to the UN, and the UN don't have any protocols for it. So it's like you go and ask the UN, and they go, what? Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Papa didn't do it. Um, uh. So, yeah, there's, nothing happens there. So that's that's. They're, they're trying to so kind of fill in those gaps, if you know what I mean.
0: Are they gonna? Uh, have they decided on the protocols yet? I mean, are they going to release them to the public and let people read them? I think it
2: depends on whether or not it's the Thargoids, because if it is, yeah. the protocol is you stick your head between your legs and kiss something goodbye.
1: Yeah. If it's the Thargoids, I think you probably, it's, it's more a case of, yeah, that you don't, need, you don't need a document to read. All the documents are on fire now. Yeah.
2: Well, we've, we've already shown that with first contact with the Thargoids, standard protocol is open fire with everything you've got, then blame yeah. them.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's like a plan, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, so that's that one. Um, what else have we got? Oh, planet... Who loves a... Who doesn't love a planet killer? Well, that, that, that's
0: cheerful news. Yeah. There's uh, one heading uh, uh, our way.
2: Well, there's, there's eight of them heading towards the bubble, aren't
0: there? Oh, joy.
1: Yeah. Yes. No, there is, there is one in our solar system just now, just swinging around, crossing Earth's orbit. Um, a, bit it, a bit drunk. bit drunk, yeah. A bit leery. Um, at the moment it crosses Earth's orbit when we're on the other side of the sun, so we're not too worried, but over time it's going to get closer and closer and closer. But the reckon it's going to be like hundreds of years. So you
0: know, that's on. a shame because I mean I remember the scare that the Hale Bopp comet caused. Yeah, and I remember looking up in the night sky and seeing it. You know, and I'll never forget that. That was like that a was awesome, pretty. Ooh. Yeah, that was amazing. And and I'm not sure we'll ever see anything like that in our lifetimes again.
1: No, I don't think Haley's comments, Halley's comet's due back for quite a while either, is it? 62? Yeah, somewhere like yeah. that. Yeah, it'll
2: probably
0: be gone by then. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Certainly, unless be too I, old to be staying up till midnight looking up at the stars, anyway, so
1: Unless, well, you'll be up for the toilet anyway. That's um, true. <laughs> so yeah, unless I can, unless I can uh, finalize these plans for my cyber enhancements, I'll probably wouldn't be here either.
0: I suppose uh, if we're
1: all
2: downloaded into robot bodies we should be okay.
1: Yeah, I just need you to get I just need you to get me a hold of some uh, radioactive material and I'll be fine.
0: Okie dokie, I'll do my best.
1: It doesn't it doesn't have to be full on uranium, but plutonium will do nicely.
0: Right. No uranium, but plutonium will do.
1: Yeah, uranium if you can get it, but plutonium's just as good.
0: Okay. Leave we it can, with me, I'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I can do. we can enrich that stuff yeah, now.
0: I'll make a couple of phone calls.
1: Right, okay. Uh, don't don't get the Libyans in the Volkswagen camper van again. Oh, Not after so last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you,
0: you'd you never get you fast know,
2: enough in that little hauler of yours to get away from they're them. No
0: efficient. You know, yeah. they they deliver. You can't they, say that they don't deliver.
1: Oh, they definitely deliver, but you, you know, they get quite irate if they don't get their their dirty bomb
0: back. They do get a bit techy, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they do.
1: Yeah. They do. Like can a rocket launcher touchy.
3: Mm. But
0: you know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like fl- flossy in a ground combat zone that isn't it? Rocket launches <laughs> left, right and centre.
1: Yes, rocket
3: launches to the ready.
1: Um, through, just... so we'd normally about this time we would have a drum roll and yeah. we would we'd would Yeah, we would do all that and I, I
3: have sent a message to Mr Shouty and I'm still waiting for a reply.
1: Thanks. So it hasn't um... been drawn yet, you think?
3: I, been well, I don't know. How very dearly How
1: very dearly. It's, it's just disgraceful. I mean, yeah. how dare
2: yeah. he have a life or do anything other than this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if it, if I hear of him before the end of the show, I'll obviously. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll be able I don't to know. Yeah. We can either it announce moment.
1: it We'll we'll speak to the speak to the high as we call them at Hutton, um, and we'll either announce it via Facebook page and a uh, that other thing. What do you call that? Discord? Or or we might just do a double draw next week. We'll we'll see where we're at. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, But we we, we won't let it escape. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll track down whoever's won. We'll find a name and we'll throw mugs at them until they submit.
1: Speaking of which, (laughs) Groove Champion, you still have not claimed your hut and mug. Yes. Pull your finger out of wherever it is and get a message to I took part at huttonorbital.com and we'll we'll get that sent out to you and we still get two and I noticed Mr Mindwhippy is in the I was in the chat earlier on yep still is you there Mindwhippy? you haven't cleaned your Halloween paint jobs yet tsk 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 and somebody else hadn't cleaned their Halloween paint job give me a second
4: oh right okay <laughs>
1: I'm so. still working. I'm still looking. <laughs> I love, oh, I love that music. Game. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> la, 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 la. I've sent them both messages. Somebody
2: yeah. press the button to the top floor. <laughs> no, we're after
1: Somebody's floor 11. The Somebody's pressed the button for all Eleven. the floors.
2: We're after floor 11, but it's voice right. activated.
1: Um, oh, yes. Screwed. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, it's oh. The two that haven't claimed their Halloween paid jobs are Mindwipe and JNX. J-A-E-N-I-C-S. So Mindwipe and JNX get a message to itookpart.huntandorbital.com to collect your Halloween paint jobs.
4: Woo! Yay. Yeah, because they're
1: rapidly getting out of fashion, that's
2: what I'm saying. They'll still be in fashion next year. Halloween's timeless. Gotta yeah. the times,
0: though. You know, you have that small window of opportunity where you can just boast to everyone about your paint job being all Halloween-y and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but
2: you, you could say that you're sort of, um, you know, a Skeleton Jack, sort of Nightmare Before Christmas kind of theme, and then you've got another two months to wear it for yet.
0: And then, you know, next year they bring out a totally new paint job and you have to have the best and newest paint job.
2: Oh, no, then you're retro and vintage. And everybody's asking where you got that one from because they can only see the new one in the store. (laughs) Touche. Well, one or the other. Something like that.
0: (laughs) Anyway, are we ready to move on, chaps? Almost. I do believe Mm -hmm. we are.
1: We've got one more thing we need to do. So, oh, what do you call an ad far that work. plays that, that plays patience? Cyril, um, a yeah. card, a card uh,
0: aardvark 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 And here we go with Flossie and the CG news.
2: Yeah, sooner the better.
4: <laughs> hmm. It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie And the community goes
3: Hello, Flossy here with this week's CG news Last week's CG's Azimuth to expand operational assets ended at tier 3 with 43,766,712 units collected. Protect Azimuth Deliveries from Anarchists ended at tier 3 with uh, 50.9 billion credits earned and Disrupt Azimuth Resource Campaign ended also at tier 3 but with 57 billion credits earned. Galnet reports Azimuth claim expensive success. The recent Asimuth biotech initiative to expand its operation assets has been described as a partial success. A primary goal of obtaining sufficient resources to establish a new anti-xeno ship has been met, Asimov CEO Torben Redmaker announced. The megaship is expected to be operational within the next few weeks. Opponents of the Weapons Research Corporation, seeking to disrupt the campaign, mobilised forces to engage Azimuth security vessels. While unable to prevent sufficient deliveries from reaching Musashi, it is thought these pilots inflicted significant losses on the Azimuth fleet. We are delighted with the support shown to Asimov's biotech by independent pilots and look to the future with optimism, said Raidmaker. We will soon deploy a new axe ship to lead our mobile operations. Setbacks inflicted by anarchic opponents of progress have delayed our plans to establish planetary research bases, however. This persistent antagonism will have to be resolved separately. Along with credit rewards, qualifying pilots that contributed to the delivery campaign will receive the Malbonian permit shortly, granting access to azimuth's selection of axe weaponry. Raidmaker confirmed that the Glorious Prospect Makership will now sell this permit from the T-Tauri system permanently. Pilots who fought for Azimuth Biotech will also receive overcharged Guardian Plasma Chargers in storage at the Musashi, providing they reach the contribution threshold. Those who fought against Azimuth will receive Rapid Fire Cannons with Phasing Sequence from One drama Purple Council soon, collectible from McLean City. Uh, th- no new CGs this week, so that's it for this week's CG News.
4: Told you what to
2: so now it's over to the Stan and Ollie of News to take us up the trail of the Lonesome Pine. Um, I'm not sure if that's meant to be a euphemism or not. Anyway, it's Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon with the Galnet News Digest. <music>
3: Digest 10th of November 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we lay eight extra places at the table.
0: And newly appointed Governor Dalton creates a crumple zone for humanity called the Kingfisher.
5: Scientists from a number of galactic organisations have agreed. The Stargoids are heading for Earth, or somewhere pretty close. And they're not Stargoids, they're rogue signal sources. The information comes in a paper in The Empirical, authored by research scientist Yaro Kanyata, who has been working with the Guardian and Thargoid specialists Ramtar and Ishmael Palin to analyse the objects which they refer to as rogue signal sources. The first of the RSSs was identified at the end of August. By the 23rd of August there were eight, and the number has remained constant since then. The Stargoids, or rather rogue signal sources, can be detected from several hundred light years away by the full spectrum scanner that is fitted to all ships, both as an audible signal and as an excess count of signals detected in the top right-hand corner of the FSS interface. The foremost two RSS's are now just barely visible with the naked eye from Sol. Opinion is divided about what the rogue signal sources might be. If they are energy weapons, then when they arrive they could cause untold devastation. Perhaps more likely, the phenomena we can detect are distortions in space-time caused by some sort of massive vessels travelling through hyperspace, navigating from star to star, closing the net around their prey. August research organizations such as Orion University, Universal Cartographics and Canon Research have been plotting the course of the massive electromagnetic anomalies. All agree that they're traveling through space at faster than light speeds and that they're converging on the human-inhabited core systems. This is not something that's going to happen at arm's distance in the Pleiades. For the majority of humans, the stargoids are going to arrive right on their doorstep sometime within the next few weeks. There are some signs that the leading stargoids might be slowing down as they approach their destination. That, together with the clear convergence, means that it is no longer possible to imagine a natural cause for the phenomenon. These objects, whether we call them RSSs, unidentified interstellar anomalies, stargoids or Thargoid Death Stars, know where humanity lives. And they're coming to pay us a visit. Governor Dalton Chase has been elected to the Federal Congress. As the bill out of his grand project, the peace ship Kingfisher, is completed, and the installation of specialist communication equipment begins. Chase was elected in a special election called following the untimely death of the incumbent. The election was dominated by Chase's charm, his clever use of social media, and his pro-peace message, which proved popular amongst younger voters. A number of icecasters fell in behind Chase and the Liberal Party, resulting in a one-sided contest and an entirely predictable result. Leader of the Liberal Party Felicia Winters welcomed Chase to Congress, referring to him as spirited. But his message of peace is clearly a difficult one if the Liberal Party is to remain electable. The vast majority of Federal citizens remain resolutely anti-Thargoid. In his maiden speech, Chase explained that he believes that achieving peace with the Thargoids would save the lives of innumerable Federal citizens, and would not only be a great moral victory, but would also ensure the security of the Federation. He is not being soft on Thargoids, he said, but ensuring the well-being of the Federation. Dalton Chase recently organised a campaign to build a peace megaship for the Thargoid Advocacy Project to travel to meet the Thargoids and to negotiate peace. This ship, the Kingfisher, is very nearly ready to set off in its voyage of peace and reconciliation. It is in orbit near Blenkinsop hub in Andavandal, having technology installed in its three huge domes to allow it to communicate with the Thargoids. The hope is firstly to establish two-way communications, and secondly. That the Thargoids won't say anything too rude in reply to the peace overtures. The Kingfisher is a striking ship. If it ever has the misfortune to be destroyed by the Thargoids, it'll make a fascinating wreck for tourists to visit. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news
3: so you don't have to.
0: And congratulations to retired Navy IT1 uh, for winning the impromptu question uh, for uh, the skins that Mindwipe has passed on or will be passing on to you. Just contact us at part at huntanorbital.com and you'll get those goodies. Anyway, thank you, Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. Oh, and, and it is a euphemism, by the way. I tried it once and I've always regretted it. Those pine needles get everywhere. Anyway, speaking of small, irritating things, here's Mia Harkness with the Hutton Helper results.
3: And I've got a winner.
1: Welcome to the Hutton and Helper results. The Hunt and Helper results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a and cartridge pack lunch, in case you get peckish. This week we have the following events: the drop-off at Cemetery Gates Cup, the Arthur on his motorbike, Champion of Champions Championship, the Canteen, sta- canteen Staffer on Strike again, Deja Vu Trophy, the Having a Crafty Fag around the back of the depot, Charity Shield, the Blakey on the Warpath Spectacular The Olive in the Sidecar People's Choice Award So, ring the bell if you want off, exact fare only and no smoking on the lower deck The Hutton Helper results are Zulu Romeo jumped 56,000 light years to come first in distance travelled Porky Mouse sold 62,000 pounds of cargo Runeswind Kimru is the top mission runner with 378 mission points this week Alex Zuno was playing games with the numbers this week by handing in 1 billion, 2 million, 3,000 and 4 credits worth of bounties. Magic Backstory handed in 365 million credits of combat bonds, and Chester dash equals 141 equals dash delivered 1,888 people to the various destinations. So, decals this week for Torquay Mouse. Project Back, sorry, Chester Dash equals one four one equals dash, and a radish, not a radish commander, a a radish, a radish commander, yeah, uh, for cargo bolt. So if you're a radish, contact us and get your kit. Uh, yeah. um, and for everyone else who won a, a decal, please email itookpart at com and arrange to collect your Denorbital decal kit, which this week consists of Blakey's moustache. Stan's Hat and Jack's Ticket Machine. There have been 17 Hut and Runs in the last 7 days and the top 5 times are Manu Worko with 1 hour 23 minutes and 39 seconds Uber Dave 5993 with 1 hour 24 minutes and 7 seconds Tommy with 1 hour 24 minutes and 13 seconds Norbrook Pattenod 1 hour 24 minutes and 16 seconds and Bandicoot 1 hour, 24 minutes, and 17 seconds. Anyway, there's a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing ejected, appointed, manhandled or womanhandled, smeared, drained, deflected, irrigated, sniffed, snuffled, postponed, hidden from, flipped, mistranslated to and from Spanish, chilled, mugged, gin shipped, shot, rescued, ticketed, looted, repaired, destroyed, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, bunk, frozen, liquidated, evaporated sandblasted, smelled, licked, discombobulated, recombobulated, headbutted rubbed, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, murderised with an S, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, smelted, loved, adored, cherished and probinated and you can earn yourself a very fetching and decal for doing it. To get involved you just have to go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the spectacular Hutton Helper now available in three formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than bringing a bird back home when everyone's in. Anyway, that's it for this week, back to Studio 5.
2: Thank you Mia. And I believe Helen has um, come back to us with, with a result. Uh, Shouty has been woken up from his nap. Cattle props <laughs> were mentioned. I'm not sure whether they were unused or not. And we have an answer on the mug winner for this week for the Too Hot Too Messy.
3: So the winner is, Helen would you like to announce it? N Z G L That's a small n. Capital Z- Zulu Golf Lima.
2: So congratulations, N-Z-G-L, if you would like to email us in at itookpart at itookpartatuttonorbital.com to prove who you are and claim your prize. Well done.
4: Yay! So Yay. now... Welcome. <laughs> Yay! Yay!
2: <laughs> so, um, as alluded to at the start of this show, this week is a meaty one. And as every connoisseur of fine food knows, steak exists in two states, rare and ruined. And the steak that Amelia's trying this week is the rarest that there is.
0: Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities, so you don't have to. This week, as it's the same week that traditionally hunt and Truckers get together... With Alvin, for the annual North, but not as North as North Britain, Northern Meat Meat over in Seoul, which I wasn't able to attend in person, I've been given the task of investigating and sampling the galaxy's rarest and most delicious beef. Whilst artificial lab grown meat is the most ethical and least environmentally damaging way of enjoying a good burger in the galaxy, And of course, suits space travelers just fine as a good source of protein and flavor is essential whilst out exploring. Sometimes, the rather insipid and rather chewy artificial space beef just isn't good enough. Just about every tourism spot in the galaxy serves it as part of their award-winning burgers. Probably with uh, hand-cut chips cut by robot hands, and house slaw that has never seen the inside of anything other than a big processing factory. They bandy about the word gourmet and signature to justify inflated prices for what is essentially a collection of cells grown in a lab using science, and at no point has roamed rich grasslands going moo. The witch hall system though it is one of the places where you need to sate your carnivorous tendencies and you've got a few thousand spare credits for a simple 12 ounces of their finest. You can chow down on the meatiest and most tender, the tastiest steak in the galaxy. Witch Hole Kobe beef is the 34th century inheritor of a tradition that goes back to feudal Japan back on Earth. Whilst the name denotes its original name and origin, the cows saved from a deteriorating planet Earth during early environmental crisis, along with the specialists who remember the techniques, are the wagyu black cattle from Japan. Imported in feudal times from China, then specially bred, pampered and refined, over centuries to produce the most tender beef in the galaxy when the herds were rescued and moved to Witch Hall, it was one very specific thing in mind, the sheer happiness and well-being of the cattle. The finest grains, the most temperate climate, the absence of anything stressful, they live on beautiful grassland, under stunning skies, surrounded by the most peaceful environment that nature has. Ever created. What's more, these small herds are properly tended. Each head of the herd is allocated a team of ten care assistants. There's the team that hand feed them, the specially chosen grains. There's a hairdresser to give them a good brush each day. The horn polisher's job, well that's obvious. And There's a masseur and a masseur's assistant. It's gruelling work. And even a string quartet to play lullabies at night to drift the cattle off to sleep. They want for nothing. In welfare terms, these cattle have a trust fund, a good insurance policy, a daily exercise regime that involves gently walking to the jacuzzi, and as a result... When they do end their days on the dinner plate, you can almost taste the calm. The melting point of the fat in their bodies is degrees lower than that of any other beef you can buy. Visiting the herd, as I am this week, it's almost a pity to consign these cattle to the slaughterhouse. These magnificent beasts. The horn polishers keep their magnificent racks gleaming. Their coats are lush and healthy, eyes bright. These cattle don't even need to lift a finger to breed. That's dealt with for them by a specially trained team with soft gloves, a a big bucket, and a very gentle giant turkey baster. Modern science has given the cattle a voice. They've been fitted with collars that translate the ruminations of the herd into rudimentary language. There's no longer just moo. They can express their hunger, or whether they fancy a dip in the pool, or some daytime TV. They can also express their displeasure. The staff that look after them spend their time in care, but, well, in hidden abject terror. Just one of the cattle sounds grumpy, or asks to see the manager, and the member of staff is disciplined. I mean, severely. They're flogged and thrown into a big pit, then flogs them more. And to my horror that the pampered bovine that reported them likes to watch. Yes, which haul Kobe beef like nothing more than the misery of their handlers. They're at their happiest and therefore their most tender (laughs) and tasty when they're inflicting misery on those who are sent to pamper them. Lean on that knotted muscle just wrong. A flogging. Miss a note on the lullaby. Two floggings, a trip to the pit and probably a week's salary docked. Cause a stampede, well, (laughs) that's it. Life imprisonment in the dangerous wing. Sharing a cell with someone who probably files their teeth and definitely looks at you the way you or I might look at a nice Witch Hall Kobe beef steak, cooked just perfectly. I've been watching the process all afternoon now, and I've seen firsthand what happens when you upset one of these cattle. A poor lad, younger than many of the team here, made one simple mistake. He asked when his charge was due to go to the slaughterhouse. It probably wasn't his fault that the Bullock has exceptionally keen hearing, nor that its color translates everything that is said. I mean, you'd think that they'd turn off certain words like slaughterhouse or steak or pepper sauce. Tenderloin, maybe. The first thing that happened was the bullock stopped chewing on the grain as it appeared to consider the words. Then, well, its eyes widened as it understood what it it had just overheard. Huge, angry eyebrows lowered in a scowl as the rest of the care team... Well, they backed away sharply. Huge nostrils flared and snorted at the Witch Hall Bullock pawed at the ground, and with a mighty hoof, it lowered its head. And this is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. I've heard a rare Witch Hall Kobe Bullock scream in rage for the manager. So you don't have to.
1: Well, that was all What?
0: I want steak.
1: Yeah, you don't want <laughs> steak. Start. You don't want it standing in front of you, though, looking
0: Aww. very, very angry, though, do you? Get? I don't, I don't like to. I don't <laughs> know if my mic picked it up, but my belly did a hell of a rumble then oh, as I was yeah. about steak. I love about steak.
1: I <laughs> wonder if they do which old kobe chips to go with it. Mm. Yeah,
0: I mean, pampered potatoes. Pampered potatoes. Pampered potatoes. Yes. Can't beat a good old punnet of chips.
1: Yes. <laughs> mm. oh yeah that'd be nice mm. but um, yeah well bullocks to that I d- <laughs> it's uh, I said bullocks to that I don't fancy having, <laughs> I don't fancy having some very angry very very rare beef stood in front of me going you said what about the slaughterhouse <laughs> yeah like, mm, mm. don't think I fancy it somehow um, yeah I might just, might just stick to the, the food cartridges You know, you can print your own burgers out of them.
0: Print your own burger. Yeah. Mm. You know,
1: that's what food cartridges do. You pop it in your food printer. Your 3D food printer and it'll print you out your food. (laughs) Burgers, you can have hot dogs, you can have...
2: I like hot dogs. And the great thing thing is... The great thing about it is, if you pick the wrong recipe off the printer, you can't tell because they all taste the same anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just to change the shape.
2: <laughs> and sometimes the oh, call.
1: It's a yeah. hot dog. How it's do you know mad. it's a hot dog? Well it looks like one. <laughs> it's long, <laughs> and <round>. it's <laughs> long and round. Long and round.
4: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> mm. With okay. a sort of a crunchy skin Plin- on it.
0: Cylindrical. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. On on that note,
0: Amelia. I guess it's time to say tartar. <laughs> <laughs>
3: For oh the mug, for oh, the mug, for oh, the, mug. Oh,
0: the mug. <laughs> mug, 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 mug,
4: mug, mug, mug,
2: mug, the mug, for the mug, mug,
4: Journey too long. Cargo too small the Profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading on the out to the brim With the rest for the moth For the moth For the moth For the, more. For the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the moth For the moth For the moth For the moth Yeah, everybody sing the Trunker song I see all oh, it seems to crash into the sun Skibble lines, the pilot on the Xbox One Half out the free, you know leads us one Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from for the more, for the more, for the, more, for the more. Everybody sing for the Hunt song. For the more, for the more, You know just where we're from. For the more, for the more, for the Everybody sing the Hunt song. Give you cargo and sink you, my soul. No point, 22 light years to go. Cruising to what? Oh, 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 oh. No journey too long, no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more For the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more Everybody sing a trucker song For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we are coming from For the more, for the more, Everybody sing a trucker song
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, Very sorry, but that's the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too?
4: Seamless.